This week, I'm joined by Stan Kimmer, who's president and owner of Total Engagement Consulting. Our conversation is about Chipotle keeping their promises, inclusive characters in Sims 4, and much more. Hey there, my name is Bernadette Smith. Welcome to Five Things in 15 Minutes, my weekly show where I bring good vibes to DEI. That is good vibes to diversity, equity, and inclusion with a little dash of corporate social responsibility. What I've found is that there are lots of news stories about what's going wrong in the world and lots of negative data, but there are also a lot of things going right. That's what I like to focus on. I search for DEI stories that we can be inspired by and learn from. My hope is to inspire you to experiment with some of these inclusive actions and policies within your own organization to help you build a more inclusive world. Thank you so much for joining me, Stan. Would you mind introducing yourself? Well, I am thrilled to be here with you today. Uh, again, my name is Stan Kimmer, and I'm the president and owner of Total Engagement Consulting. And I started my business after 31 years at IBM. I worked in almost every function, finance, sales, marketing, brand management strategy. But the most fun that I had was the four years as IBM's global corporate LGBT diversity manager. So when I retired from IBM, I decided to start my company around diversity, equity, and inclusion, since that's what I enjoyed the most. I love that. And I love that you come from so many years at IBM. IBM is one of the companies that I really look to as a model, especially in terms of hiring non-traditional applicants, folks who don't have degrees. I read recently that or heard on a podcast recently that currently 50% of IBM's open positions don't require four-year degrees. So I think that it's great that you have that sort of pedigree. Yeah. And, uh, you know, people sometimes think of IBM as this old stuffy company where people had to wear white shirts and ties. Uh, but IBM has been a real leader in diversity. You know, we had female executives back in the 1930s. And actually, when I was in my role, I got transition health benefits covered in our health benefits programs back in 2002. So wow. IBM was doing this 21 years ago. Wow, that is fantastic. Well, um, for those of you listening, IBM is not a stuffy company. <laughs> we need to give it some props. Great. So in your work with clients now, Stan, what is giving you hope? What's making you feel really excited and that we're on the right side here? What's really giving me hope is that I see more and more clients really wanting to do actionable things around diversity, equity, inclusion, that it's not just about you know, making a statement when something bad happens. But companies are realizing if we're going to make public statements about diversity, equity, and inclusion, that we really need to do the hard work ourselves within our company in terms of hiring and promotions and marketing and sales and, you know, what we deliver in terms of our products and services. So I'm excited to see that companies are really starting to take, you know, strong, internal, meaningful steps. As opposed to just talking about it and and signing it, sign, planning another unconscious bias lunch and learn optional. Yeah, or you know, fly the pride flag on you know in June in front of your building. You need to do a lot more than just that. You need to do you know actionable things. I'm glad that you're starting to see more of that. I mean, that gives me a lot of hope as well, especially because you know a few years after the 
racial justice uprisings of 2020 and all of the commitments that were made, we're really not seeing a ton of traction. But you and I both know that this takes time. And, you know, I'm here to celebrate the all of the wins, all of the progress. But I agree, we're starting to see more commitments to actual policy change, et cetera. Absolutely. So Stan, tell me a little bit about what else is important to you. I know that you have some uh, an exciting celebration from over the weekend. Do you want to share that? Yes. Uh, I, you know, when I, when I started my business, I was only going to start working part-time so I could do other things. And I decided to pursue a lifelong dream of being a, being a competitive adult figure skater. So at the age of 59, without any experience, I went and got skates, got a coach and started training and I trained really hard. And so now I'm competing on the adult circuit and I actually competed in the Washington DC area this past weekend. And for the first time, won two gold medals out of competition. So things are really going well. And I really enjoy it. And it's good for my body, too. <laughs> I bet it is. Congratulations. That's fantastic. You know, it's just a, an inspiration that you're never too old to to follow your passions. And, you know, better late than never. I think it's great. I know before we got on this uh, this recording, you were telling me about a, a specific routine that you've been doing lately. How about sharing that? Yeah. And I actually choreographed this program because there was a competition in August in Florida. And now the East Coast Adult Championships are going to be in Orlando, Florida in March. So I create a program called Totally Gay that basically celebrates being gay. And I start off the routine with my voice on the loudspeaker saying, Ron DeSantis, what's so bad about being gay? And then I do my routine about halfway through. I take a big rainbow flag out of my sleeve. And then at the very end, I take pink handcuffs out of my pocket and say, okay, Ron, you can arrest me now. And I'm going to have, uh, I'll be giving out rainbow flags for people to wave in the audience. The updated modern one that has the, uh, the brown and black and also the transgender awareness colors mm -hmm. with a small description of what all the colors in the flag stand for. So it kind of, it, it helps educate the audience about the meaning of the flag. I love that. I love the progress flag. Yeah, that is so cool, Stan. That is absolutely fantastic. And for those of you who are listening and aren't quite familiar with the Ron DeSantis story, Ron DeSantis is the governor of Florida and was basically the, the leader and certainly a big proponent of the Don't Say Gay Bill, which is now a law in the state of Florida, which makes it illegal, essentially, or banned for teachers to talk about gay content, LGBTQ content in elementary school classrooms, the teacher could potentially be fired for something like that. And uh, so Ron DeSantis has been sort of um, an, an anti-diversity governor. I guess that's the, <laughs> the yeah. simplest way to say it, right? Yep. So I love that your routine specifically uh, addresses that. All right. So let's get into uh, today's. Actually, before we get into today's five things, you know, I started the, the newsletter this week with a story about a mistaken assumption I made. So I'm just going to share that with with folks. So not too long ago, I was in a meeting with a prospective client and that prospective client was talking to me about an incident that occurred. That's a medical facility and said, one of our doctors, who is an older white doctor from the South suburbs, misgendered a transgender patient. 
And so uh, that was sort of the, what the story I was told. And so I responded by saying, did the patient file a complaint against him? And the prospective client then said to me, the doctor is a woman. So I made a mistaken assumption about the gender of the doctor in front of a client because we all make mistakes and, and I catch myself doing it as well. You know, it's, it's embarrassing, right, Stan? But, I, you know, I choose to talk about it to give, <laughs> to give other folks permission to, you know, own up to it as well. Do you ever find yourself in that kind of situation? And absolutely. I call it the naive offender. You know, when you accidentally might say something where you don't mean to offend. And even as an experienced DEI consultant about, you know, there I'm still learning new things. And, you know, three or four times a year, you know, I'll use the wrong word in terms of talking about a diversity constituency or the wrong term. And, you know, even though it might not mean harm, I know it causes harm. And then I learn from that. And I think it's important that, you know, when we make mistakes is to learn from it and to grow from it. And that really shows, you know, emotional maturity to be able to do that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the more we talk about this stuff, the more we kind of normalize that, you know, we're all kind of on this learning journey and we're never going to get it right all of the time. Okie dokie. So let's move on to today's good vibes. The first story is about a new DC strip mall created by a black woman specifically dedicated to black owned businesses. So Angel Gregorio, who's the owner of a specialty spice shop, opened this strip mall and is building out stores inside of renovated shipping containers, building community, hosting pop-ups free of charge. I just think this is a fantastic story. Yeah. And I love what they called it black and forth strip mall. And uh, I recently went to a uh, TEDx session in Provincetown and one of the speakers was named Tara Vargas Wallace. And she actually gave a talk called Five Ways to Eradicate the Racial Wealth Gap. And one of those five ways was to support and patronize black and brown owned businesses. So this is a great chance for, you know, us white allies to really put our money where our mouth is. And if we're in that D.C. area, to go and patronize that mall. Absolutely. I love it. And this does matter because the racial wealth gap is real. So. Um, that speaker certainly is onto something because Black Americans hold only about 4% of the wealth, yet make up 13% of the population. Okay, well, speaking of pay equality or wealth, let's move on to the next story, which is about President Biden signing the Cantwell Capito Equal Pay Bill into law, which is about U.S. athletes getting equal pay and benefits for those who are participating in global competitions like the World Cup, Olympics, Paralympics, et cetera. Now, previously, men and women athletes did not receive equal pay and benefits, and now they do. And some of these stories, Dan, I will say, it's about damn time, right? <laughs> well, and I was thinking, you know, that, you know, you hear this, you know, you hear the stats that, you know, women make about 82 cents on the dollar for what men make. I mean, when it comes to athlete athletics, I think it's 10 cents on the dollar. You know, it's there's like a really wide gap. When you look at what, you know, NBA players make these 10 and 12 million dollar contracts and, you know, WNBA, maybe one hundred thousand dollars a year. So, you know, I love that, you know, President Biden took this step with international, you know, uh, sports participants. And hopefully that'll start spilling over also into our national sports leagues. I would love that. Absolutely. So this is really the impetus for this started when the U.S. women's national soccer yeah. team 
filed their lawsuit against the the U.S. Soccer Federation because they were paid so much less than than men's. And so a few different Congress people wrote this bill, and it's taken I think three years for it to to get signed. But I think it's it's really fantastic. The equal pay, it's just the right thing to do. Absolutely. All right, Stan. I think this next story was created just for you. How lucky do we get yes. this story this week? So North Carolina has updated their license plate policies so that they uh, re- they actually removed 27 LGBTQ phrases from the do not issue list for vanity plates. So there's a do not issue list of a whole bunch of words that you cannot get on your vanity plate. The state took 239 of them off the list, including 27 that are LGBTQ. So Stan, I think everyone wants to know, are you going to have a new license plate that says gay guy? I don't know. Cause I've had, I had my G E O T E C H for Georgia tech for like 30 years. It's hard to, maybe I should put GT gay or something, <laughs> uh, you know, and change it and kind of be proud of my alma mater. But uh, that's a great move. And one of the reasons is because, you know, our governor uh, is is a Democrat and he's taken a lot of executive actions to really create uh, diversity in our state. And kind of uh, I know we're supposed to only share good news, but yeah, one, okay. of the, one of the issues is our legislature, which is now Republican, is now trying to pass a don't say gay law, just like Florida. And our governor issued a very, very strong statement saying he totally opposes it. He will veto it. And he sees no reason to get into these culture wars and to demean any organization. And actually, the local TV station came by my home office on Thursday uh, and interviewed me about this proposed law. And that was on uh, our local TV. So, you know, there's some, you know, there's a, you know, progress is being made. But then sometimes there's steps backward. And hopefully this is not going to pass. I sure hope so. I hope so. Um, you know what? There always are steps back, right? But I think we all, especially the folks who listen to this, kind of believe that we're on the right side of history. And we need the disappointments to kind of give us strength and resilience to keep up the fight. All right. So the next story, let's see if I can pronounce this company's name right, because I can never get it right. Chipotle. Mm-hmm. is making good on its promise to develop and promote employees. So 90% of its 22,000 management hires in the past year came from within and BIPOC folks are disproportionately represented in those jobs. They're making a management career path very accessible within the company. And this is exactly what we talked about at the top of your show, but make it gives me hope is you know, companies moving beyond just the rhetoric and saying they value diversity to doing real things that really show that they're committed to taking those actions. Yeah, I mean, this it, it's, it's uh, a lot of work to put this type of program in place and to be so intentional about promoting from within and building in that training capacity, but it, it matters. And this is, again, another way to close yep. the racial wealth gap. Yeah. Okay. The last story is about the Sims 4 video game, which is now allowing users to be more fully self-expressed because users can now customize their Sim character with medical wearables, such as hearing aids, glucose monitors, and transgender affirming wearables, including binders, shapewear, and even top surgery scars. Cool. 
and I know very little about video games uh, since I don't play any, but it reminds me I had one client uh, recently who actually uh, creates short educational videos and kind of making the same point that when you're doing these videos, not every single person in it has to be a beautiful model. That people that people see in these educational videos should represent real life. Older people, bald people, heavier people. And I was evaluating one video and it was like one more minute left. And I said, I still haven't seen a person with a disability. And then voila, the next screen, there's a person who uses a wheelchair. And, you know, in doing the training, you know, I commended them that, you know, when you're doing things like this and even video games, it should reflect real life and the broad diversity in real life. So I really applaud Sims for doing that. Yeah, me too. And I, again, I just think that we, uh, we need more representation and we need more organizations to give folks permission to be authentically themselves, however they happen to be. Right. Yeah. We can always model that, you know, in our own, in our own work and our images that we use like in blogs and in training. Exactly. PowerPoint presentation, slide decks, all that stuff. Absolutely. All right. So Stan, thank you so much for being an awesome guest today for folks who are listening. How can they stay in touch with you? Well, my website is totalengagementconsulting.com, and I even have a skating page on there. So you can kind of check out some of my programs and my skating schedule, and you can email me at stan at totalengagementconsulting.com. Thank you so much for being my guest today, Stan, and hope you have a wonderful week. Everyone, thank you for listening. If you don't already subscribe to the 5 Things newsletter, you can subscribe at 5thingsdei.com. Have a great week. Thank you. I thoroughly enjoyed being with you. Thank you for listening to Five Things in 15 Minutes. I hope you found yourself inspired by at least one of this week's stories. If you did, would you mind sharing it with a colleague and leaving us a review on your favorite podcasting platform? And if you don't already get my Five Things newsletter, join at fivethingsdei.com. I'm Bernadette Smith. And I'll see you next week right here for five things in 15 minutes, bringing good vibes to DEI.